I'm so glad you decided to join us. Welcome to Life School. This is Reverend Kojo, and boy, do we have a show for you. Uh, today's lesson is, is going to be one for the books, and that's all I want to tell you about it. Get ready. Welcome to Life School. I was really nervous about talking about um, personal vulnerable things, but the reality is that we all have these needs and these wants. And if nobody in the church or nobody that you trust is talking about them, it really doesn't help you a whole lot, now does it? So we're going to talk about some things that um, I'm sure your youth minister or your pastor doesn't want to talk to it. And I think today's topic is going to be coming, be, this process that I'm on is becoming allergic to privacy. Now, it's really funny, like, I am probably one of the most private people you will ever know. Like, I don't tell people anything about me. People assume that I am, <laughs> like, asexual and I'm just not interested in anybody. They assume that, you know, I don't really like hugs a whole lot. I'll, I'll hug older people at church because of what you do. And it's kind of what is expected of you. But my whole demeanor when it comes to uh, being around people has just been different. You know, growing up as a kid, I was that kid that did not... Uh, make friends easy. So I started businesses and I hired people so that I could have friends. And that's kind of how I form formulated a lot of my friendships in my early days. And the irony is that the people that I didn't hire are the friendships that lasted the longest. The relationships that I was not uh, keen on making an employee, with the exception of a couple, uh, those are not the people that stuck around. Um, and so I think when we become vulnerable with a person and we become vulnerable with people, we find ourselves, we're showing ourselves to the, I guess, the essence of who we are uh, unapologetically. Um, I like Dr. Brene Brown. She said it like this. She said, vulnerability is to show the essence of who you are with your whole heart. You're telling the story of who you are with your whole heart. And sometimes it's hard because if your heart has been stomped on before or people have torn it out or they've disregarded what it's worth, you don't want to show your heart to anybody and you don't want to, definitely don't want to tell your whole story of who you are with your heart. You want to tell your whole story with your mouth because if you can tell the story with your mouth, you can manipulate it and you can see that, make sure people don't see the parts that you're afraid that they won't accept. But when you show the parts that people won't accept to somebody and they accept it, it creates a bond that we can't really explain. And it's, it's, it's a dangerous place to be in because you, you, Part of you wants to protect yourself, and especially when you've been somewhere and it hurt, but the other part wants to be seen. And I think that's part of something that our generation fights with because we hide behind our phones and we want to be seen, but we want to be seen how we want to be perceived. And because we want to be perceived a certain way, we don't want you to see us how we really exist. Our flaws have been, we've been taught that our flaws are, are what, what I just said, they're flaws when they, really the imperfections are what make us special. And I know we've been taught this in and, in and out of school and people are like, oh, you're perfect the way you are. But really when rubber meets road, when you look in the mirror, sometimes you don't feel perfect. And when you don't feel perfect, showing that to somebody that you care about or you want to care about is beyond difficult. When your thoughts don't make sense and you feel like your thoughts are crazy and you don't want to say things out loud because you're afraid they'll be misconceived, to show that to somebody is, is vulnerability at its best and it's, it's scary. You know, there are plenty of blog posts over the last 10 years that I have not posted, that I probably should have posted. There are plenty of blog posts that I've gone and taken down because I was afraid that somebody might see. You know, I wrote them with the intentions that it might hurt some, help somebody, but I guess in the end, I decided I'm going to take it down because if you see me, you may not receive it. I'm, not, I'm going to be very honest with you. When I show up to go preach places, often I'm nervous about how I'll be perceived. You know, I and this is not me being cocky, but I'm rarely not concerned. I'm rarely concerned that you're not going to receive the word. I'm rarely you're going to not going to receive the messenger 
Because when you look at me, I don't look, I'm not wrapped in the package that you would expect. And so to be vulnerable or to tell the story of who I am with my whole heart is scary. And I've committed to this idea of being allergic to privacy, which is like the antithesis of who I am. You know, I have, I, I fought my, my roommate out to make sure that I got the private bathroom in the house. Um, <laughs> I negotiated it down. Um, I got to the place where I, I, I drive, I drive and I have conversations with myself. If somebody walks in the house and I'm singing, I stop singing. Singing is over. I don't want you to hear me sing. And so the fact that I, I sing at church now is hilarious to me. Um, but I find myself in these situations all the time because I'm always protective of me. And I mean, if you've, if you've read Pregnant with Possibility, and I really encourage you to go get that book. Um, God believe God says some really amazing things through me in that book. But one thing that I point out is that it is in the place that we understand least where God can do the most. It's in the place where we we don't want to be seen, where we're afraid of being seen. It's in that place where we strip ourselves of privacy and say, hey, here I am. This is what I am. Take me or leave me. That we can actually begin to give. I heard a guy giving this talk uh, earlier this week. And what he said is he was down to $16. He didn't have any money. He didn't have money for rent. He didn't have money for his car note. And he was taking himself to Waffle House because he was hungry. He hadn't eaten in two days. He said, you know what? I'm going to treat myself to some double waffles. And if you're like me, that's actually my favorite thing to eat at Waffle House. And that's like three bucks. So like, I wasn't mad at the guy that he went and spent $3 at Waffle House. And he sees this little boy coming with his mom. But this kid has been trained to the T. He comes in. He opens the door for his mom. He pulls out his mom's chair. He tends to her as if he was with his mother. And of course he's not. But you can tell she's been training him and teaching him how to be a man. And so he was so impressed with this young man. He says, he looks, he goes over and he walks over and he says, you know, you're really taking care of your woman. And the boy smiles. He's no, no longer older than 10. He says, she's my mom. And he says, I know, but never stop doing that. He says, I love how you're taking her to dinner. I'm not taking her to dinner. She's not. She's paying. She says, you're paying today. This man takes his last $16. He doesn't have the money for his rent. He doesn't have the money for car note. He just, I think the power's about to get turned off. He takes his last $16, and he gives it to this little boy because he was so impressed with the little boy. And so, you know, he, he gets home, and he's like, oh, my God, what have I done? <laughs> I have given away my last, and I don't, I don't have anything. Like, I'm, they're probably going to come evict me this month. It's going to get bad. But he said he's never felt freer. And so the reality is when you give all of you and you present all of you and you get yourself down and when, you know, when this idea of giving is not just monetary, this idea of giving is giving your thoughts. This idea of giving is giving your, your insight is giving your all is giving your energy is giving your, your skills, your gifts, your talents is presenting all of you to a situation, to a person, to a place, to a concept and saying, this is what I have to offer. I'm not borrowing anything. I'm not hiding anything. This is what I have to offer, and I hope that you can accept it. When you decide that you can accept, when you, when you decide that whatever you are is enough, you're giving God a high five. You know, sometimes I think we, we hide ourselves because we're ashamed of ourselves, but we forget that God has made us in his image and his likeness. That when he, when he formed us, the Bible says that he formed us, he knit us together fearfully and wonderfully. That means he took his time. It doesn't mean that he was trembling. It means that he had had his spectacles on, you know, just imagining God. Of course, we know he has perfect sight. He doesn't need spectacles. But, you know, he's, he's taken his spectacles and he's begun to knit you together to make sure that every intricate inch of you is important. That he did everything intentionally for a reason. 
That if you seemingly have a deficit, your deficit is not a deficit, but it was a pro to make you unique from everyone else. And so when we give all of ourselves and present all of ourselves and we make ourselves available to be seen, somebody might just see and be encouraged. Somebody might just be able to see and be inspired. And when we can provide inspiration, we present ourselves and we give to the world a gift instead of withholding from it. You know, uh, you, you can't receive when your hands are closed. Just like you can't, you can't get new furniture if the doors are shut. But when you per commit to giving everything that you have, even if it's your privacy, and you know, I, I don't post on social media because I don't know how to be vulnerable, and I'm working on that, and that may be what this, this podcast is about and maybe the podcast to come. But when you're talking about relationship and relationship as it pertains to your friends and relationship as it pertains to your significant other and the ones you want to become your significant other, you can't go into a relationship expecting to withhold things. Now, I have these, this theory on dating, and I have several theories, and I'm sure we'll talk about them in the future, but I have this theory on dating, and there's a difference to me between dating and courtship. You know, some people will define dating and courtship as differently, but differently, but in, but in, but in, my, in my eyes, the way that I define dating and courtship, if you're dating somebody, you're doing kind of like the world does. Um, when you're dating, you're, you're putting your best foot forward. And there's nothing wrong with putting your best foot forward, but you're hiding portions of yourself. As you're hiding portions of yourself, when they make a comment about something, you say, they say, oh, I love golf. You hate golf, but you say, oh, me too. When do you want to go? You say, oh, I love mayonnaise. You hate mayonnaise. Oh, I love mayonnaise. Put some extra mayonnaise on my sandwich. They say, oh, I'd love to go to the opera. You hate the opera and anything in that sound register. But yet you say, okay, let's go to the opera. And you do, you do that because you desperately want this person to like you. But later on, it doesn't produce good fruit. I, I can remember, it seems like every serious relationship I have ever been in has started by somebody telling me that they love the Lord like I did. And they, they would sell me on this, that they would go to church, that they would worship, that they would spend time in their prayer time. And as the relationship evolved, it became very evident to me that they did not. But I would never say anything. And one day, I guess it weighed on them, and it, it happened in every single relationship. One day, it would weigh on them to a point where they would say, look, I, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not everything I said I was. I'm not really into God like that. You know, I believe he died on the cross. I believe he's real, he's real. But, you know, we don't really talk like that. And I know you have a relationship like that, and I've, like, been afraid to tell you that I don't really, you know, deal fool with God like that. But I don't, and you wanting to pray all the time, and you're always at church. You're there for seven days a week. Can you miss a service? Like, why are you always committed to these kids? And it was always a letdown for me. Because I've built this relationship and I've marked off that checklist, that, that point on my checklist. Okay, they fit that criterion. And really, as we move along, they don't. We're not equally yoked. Yeah, we believe together. But that's it. See, I subscribe to this idea of courtship. And see, everybody's idea of courtship is not the same. But my idea of courtship is this. When we court, we put everything on the table. Look, my feet hurt sometimes that when I sweat too much, they stink. They smell like corn chips. If I, uh, I, I like to sleep on the left side of the bed. I like to sleep with the fan on, and I like it to be cold when I sleep in there. I take hour-long showers sometimes, and I like to let the water run for a long time before I get in there. I prefer to use uh, Shea Moisture soap. Uh, Dove is okay, but do not come in there with Dial. 
I will throw it away. Uh, don't buy cheap toilet paper. I like the plush kind. Don't do, I like, I, I, you put everything on the table. And when you put everything on the table, you do indeed allow yourself to be seen. You are vulnerable. You are putting yourself out there and they may reject that. But if they reject it, you'll at least know. One of my biggest regrets is I had a, a, a relationship with, with somebody that I wanted to become more. And we were friends for about five years, and we, we would flirt back and forth, and we would spend time, but I never expressed my sentiments. You know, it could be assumed, you know, based on the time we spent, it could be assumed based on all the things we did, but the reality is that our relationship crashed and burned five years later when the truth came out, and it never came from my lips. I could have saved myself five whole years if I would have just been upfront. Now, I didn't lie. I never lied. I told the truth, but I didn't tell the whole truth. I told a half truth, and it left room for a lie. A lie that caused me months and months of depression later on down the road. Months and months of losing friendships and people looking at me and believing things that were not false because that half-truth left room for a lie bigger than what I could have ever bargained for. And so when we start talking about finding Mr. Wonderful or finding the one or finding that lady that just sparks your fire, I encourage you to approach this dating and this courting thing with all your cards on the table. If you're showing hearts, show hearts. If they, if you, if what you have does not match them, well, let's, let's figure that out here and early before our hearts really get involved. And you know, another part of that is, is keeping your legs closed for a little bit. And I know everybody don't want to hear that. I, I know we live in a culture where third date we're having sex. Um, but when you close your legs and you commit to a weight, your soul doesn't get involved before your mind can make good judgment. Because when we tie our souls to people whom, with whom our mind has not made good judgments, our mind shuts down and our soul is now tied to something that could be detrimental to our future. And when we tie our soul to something that is detrimental to our future, it's harder to untie a soul than it is to a mind. Why is that? Why is that? Because the soul is one of the things that makes the human different from all the rest of the animals. All the animals don't have souls. We have souls and body. The mind is shared amongst all animals. We can untie that, but now you've got to untie the soul and the mind when you tie the soul to somebody else. Now, you could be sitting here, and here's the reality. You can find somebody who is just mediocre. You go have sex with that person, and when you go have sex with them, now they become phenomenal in your eyes. For some reason, they get on your nerves, but you can't get enough of them. They, you hate the way that they smack, but there's something about that twinkle in their eye and there's nothing phenomenal about it, but because you've tied your soul to it, your eye, your soul can now see parts of them that it couldn't see before. And so I know it's not popular and a lot of my friends and a lot of people I know do not exercise this rule, but if you want to, if you want to get to a place where you can be with the right person and you can have successful relationships, the first thing is going to be, A, putting your all of your cards on the table without putting your body on the table. And I know that's difficult. Like I, 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 That's why I keep saying it. You, you've got to put your cards on the table without putting your body on the table. Let them see your mind and see who you are before they see what you have. I mean, because there are some things that may feel good, but they're not good. I'm going to put it to you like this. I love fried cheesecake. Love. I had so much so that I fried some last night. 
But if I ate fried cheesecake at every meal, and if I ate two or three portions of it at every meal, I would undoubtedly weigh three, four hundred pounds. And so as much as I love fried cheesecake, I have to say, no, can't have fried cheesecake at this meal. I need to go get some green tea or I need to drink some water. I need to drink some milk. Let me get some Activia so I can make sure that I'm going to be regular. And so when I make those decisions and I decide that it's important for my health and not for what I want, I'm inevitably preparing that moment to be more special. So if I eat fried cheesecake every week, it's not as good as I eat it. But if I go a week without eating and I go sit down and eat it, oh, it's great. I'm over here. I'm just, oh, my God. Ooh, man, it's just great. But when I don't, when I don't, and when I'm, I'm overindulging, there's a problem. So what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? You've got to show your cards. Commit to showing your card. Become allergic to hiding por portions of yourself. I don't know. You Sometimes you're like, I don't want to show my whole heart to the person, da 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 I'm not saying there's a difference between hiding yourself and protecting yourself. Catch this, catch this. If I showed up at a party and I, I was covering my face because I didn't want you to see, I was hiding I didn't want you to see who I was. But if I showed up because it was raining in a jacket, I was not hiding. I was just protecting myself from the rain. Show enough that people can get the idea of who you are. And as they graduate, they learn more about you. But do not hide integral parts of yourself. And especially if you're having conversation about things like, like what you want out of life, what career path you want, whether you believe in Jesus Christ or not, whether you are you are down for the count, whether you're a ride or die. Everybody's not going to be a ride or die. Every, look, everybody is not going to ride or marry a ride or die. And that don't mean that you won't be happy. But everybody is not going to ride out for you and be like, oh, I am down for the count. No, no, everybody is not going to be that person. And to be honest with you, I think for me, I might not need a ride or die. Because I do some crazy stuff, and I need somebody to say, no, no, we're not doing that. That's not acceptable. And if, but you have to understand that everybody is not going to, everybody's relationship is not going to be the same. And once you're showing yourself to them, you have to decide, okay, do I need a compliment to this, or do I need a, something the same? For me, a relationship with Christ, I need something similar. You need, you need to have a, a relationship with Christ. You don't have to be as wild as I am. You don't have to be ready to jump out of a plane. You don't have to be down with jet skiing. You know, it would be cool, but you don't have to because, like my mama said, somebody got to tell the story. And if I got broke up, somebody got to take me to the hospital. <laughs> but the reality, the reality is, guys, is, is this. Show your heart. Commit to showing your heart. And if you will commit to showing your heart, you will be seen. Don't show your heart to everybody, but commit to